Hello and welcome to the Jones Chase podcast with your presenters Susanna Reinhardt and Shona Newmark. The views expressed are commentary rather than legal advice and for tailored employment law advice please call 0203 837 9914 or email us at info at com. Hello Susanna. Hi Shona, how are you? I'm well thank you and you? I'm good. Good. So, why have you chosen Jackson and the University Hospitals of North Midlands NHS Trust case for us to talk about today? I uh, quite like this case because it's got um, a lot of factual issues arising because of what the employee did and did not do. And um, sometimes that means that uh, you get a, a muddy set of facts, an individual, something happens to them, they don't like it and then the employer does something else, and then the employee does something else. And you've got a list of dates, list of facts, and you have to put that all together and apply the law to it. And that is what this case is like. So that's why I like it. Ah, well, I like it. I like it because it set out for me quite clearly um, this, this, the, the two, well, different ways in which um, you would need to deal with when, when an employer acts in a way to ter- that terminates a contract of employment um, and I thought it set it out really clearly as to what would amount to the constructive dismissal and what would be this hog dismissal and I think probably lots of people don't know what a hog dismissal is yeah so, so I let's, that would be good so yeah. you want to do the facts yeah let's then... go back to the beginning Claire Jackson a nurse she is working for the University Hospital in North Midlands. Uh, she is a nurse, and by the time this issue arises, she's at band six. And she is a specialist senior hematology research nurse. And on the 18th uh, of November 2018, the hospital decides it's going to restructure. And instead of having specialized research nurses, they're going to have a uh, just senior research practitioners. And they're going to have some of those at band six and they're going to have some at band five. The band five people are not senior. So in this restructure in 2018, they interview people, Miss Jackson was interviewed and she is told on the 3rd of December, um, thank you for the interview, uh, but actually you're going to be a band five now and you're going to be a research practitioner. And she says, oh, well, I was a band six and I was specialised and you're changing my shifts. Actually, this is a redundancy. What on earth are you doing? Yeah, and, and, her, I pay don't was, like and her pay was ring yeah. fenced, wasn't it, for two years, but then it would drop. Yeah, and the reason it was um, going to drop was because she was going from this band five to band six. So she says, hold on a minute, that's, that's a redundancy. This was implemented by a whole load of clinicians, not HR and so when HR gets involved, it, it all, it, it, it's, it's not clarified. But she also raised a grievance. And in that grievance, she says, why are you changing me from a band, five, a band six to a band five? Why are you changing the shifts? I don't like what you're doing. Make me redundant and pay me a very nice redundancy payment that you get in the NHS if made redundant. And they say, uh, well, actually... I don't think there is a termination because your band five starts on the 3rd of December. So there isn't a termination. You'll carry on in band five. Not oh, You've got your pay ring fenced. Everything is OK. And then she raises an appeal to that grievance. And the appeal outcome is 
actually, it is a redundancy. You're really right. And therefore, we will make you redundant. And we have to give you eight weeks notice. Um, and that eight weeks finishes on the 22nd of March. But the nurse resigns in the meantime. And that resignation in the meantime means that she loses her very attractive redundancy payment. And the whole case is around when is the date of termination of employment? Why was it terminated? And just how you implement a unilateral change or a variation and does that end the contract? And this is why, as your point is, constructive dismissal and a hog dismissal. So, yeah. Um, and I don't know, the lawyer in me, when I was reading the case, and um, I immediately saw what they were doing. So the, the whole uh, announcing to her that she hadn't been successful in retaining one of the grade six positions and was being moved into grade five. I mean, immediately for me, I was like, oh, Resign, constructive dismissal, resign. Yeah. That's when you should have you, you you know, that, that's when you should go. Mm. Um and um and obviously she didn't. And in fact, she wasn't criticized for not resigning. She you know, and raising the grievance. They they said at the ET level, didn't they, that it was um it, you know, it was uh, fine for her to have sought to resolve the issue. But um, when it went to the EAT and they were looking at this whole trigger for her enhanced redundancy, uh, which was to do with notice and her still being employed, um, actually the whole argument about, well, did her employment, was it the employer who had terminated by this hog dismissal mm. taking place at that earlier period in time? Um, and so the, for those of you who don't know what a hog dismissal is, it's where a uh, employer um, unilaterally changes terms and conditions um, uh, so fundamentally that actually it's deemed that the contract is terminated. Um, and uh, you look at before and after, and if there is a significant variation, then uh, you don't. Um, uh, so that would be a termination for which, and that was ultimately what they decided, didn't they? They yeah. decided that that was the termination. You, you, you can stay in employment with their hog dismissal. So and that's your, the difference. Yeah, your old contract ends because, as you say, something's fundamental happened. A new contract comes into place, but that new contract doesn't mean there isn't an end to the old one. The old one has ended. You may stay on in the new one, but you can assert this. Yeah. And then that gets away with the, gets the argument of affirmation because they run with a constructive dismissal claim. You can say by virtue of her, um, later on, by the way, as a fact, she withdraws her resignation, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, and so that would indicate affirmation. And, uh, uh, and with a hog dismissal, affirmation isn't an issue. Yes. Yes. So if you're an employer and you want to make a variation, what do you think is a variation? And that's what the hospital thought. This and we're just making this change. Um, what do you think is so much that takes it over the line to end an employment? So employers are making variations all the time, but that doesn't amount to a termination. And then when it does amount to a termination, what you should do yeah. about that? Well, there were some fundamental changes here and there were a collective number of them, wasn't there? There was the change to um, shift patterns. There was a change to the hours. So, for example, I think she'd worked 
um, earlier and finished at four. And then they were saying she would work from eight until eight o'clock at night. There was this change in pay at a future point in time. And I can't remember what the third one was, but there was something else that was significant um, uh, that said that that when you looked at it, you could say this was a different contract of employment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, yeah, I have shift. I've got pay um and the number affected but and the band also yes, that goes down banding. but um it was yeah. the work the work yes, was different because he was a specialist generally yeah and I think that was that was a clear significant accumulation of changes whereas perhaps an employer seeking to only change or vary hours marginally that would be a variation yeah um yeah and and if your contract has a right to vary those and you act reasonably that is yes within a variation thing but I suppose with this one if you're an employee and you're faced with this change you either as you say resign immediately and say look you've gone too far this is a constructive dismissal you the employer have repudiated the contract I have accepted your breach your repudiation and I have not affirmed this I'm not saying everything is great and carry on working and I don't mind. And therefore I'm leaving. That in itself would have a termination date of the date yeah. the employee leaves. Either she works notice or she doesn't work notice, but we have a termination date here because we have something that is treated as a variation rather than a unilateral end of a contract. We have something where the employee, uh, uh, raises a grievance, then resigns, then retracts the resignation, then has her appeal upheld, then resigns again. And she resigns the second time because she says, okay, I can see you now accept, I've been made redundant, that my band six to band five, this is a redundancy. Mm. Great. The reason she resigns the second time is because they say, and we will now give you eight weeks notice and that eight weeks notice will start from now and will end in March. And she's saying, well, hold on a minute. That eight weeks, this all happened way back in yeah. November last year. That eight weeks should have started way back yonder, not now. And so she, I'm going. And by going early, effectively, this is why she's having to argue that she should still be paid this redundancy payment. What do you think about that effective date of termination? We have some, we've got loads of dates of potential effective dates of termination the date the change from five six to five comes into play yeah we've got the date that she says she's resigning with four weeks notice yeah we've got the date the appeal says it's an appeal and it's now eight weeks notice the end of that eight weeks what what well i mean this is what it's being remitted back to a different court isn't it, it to determine this point um So I can tell you what I think is the easy one, and this is what she should do, and I think she's complicated it for herself. So for me, actually, she should have taken the first first event, and she should have claimed constructive dismissal then, um, uh, because I think that's the clear-cut breach, in my view, because it was clearly a redundancy situation, and their failure to um, deal with it properly um, there's, there's this is a really nice series of little events isn't yeah. it, that leads to that. I think personally now the reality is that um, it will be her second constructive dismissal date which will be deemed to be the termination date because yeah. she retracted the first resignation. She retracts the first resignation. When you say about clearly at that time about leaving, what about the employer arguing, well, hold on a minute, we've got this other job for her. 
there's this suitable alternative employment. Why are you leaving? You don't need to leave. So um, interestingly, I didn't think it was suitable alternative employment. I think it's only alternative employment. And therefore, she should have been given the trial. So they could have said, well, you should at least trial it for, you know, that's what I think they should have done. And the reason I think it's not suitable alternative employment is because ultimately they were changing her hours and they were changing her pay, albeit in two years' time. But I think that's enough for her to be able to argue it's not suitable to Yeah, I agree. And I think that employers need to have that distinction in their head, this word suitable alternative employment or the phrase, and then this other phrase, alternative employment. And alternative employment doesn't cut it with redundancy. So take the waste for the employer. I suppose who deals with the reorganisation in the first place, don't leave it to clinicians, get HR involved because they will recognise a redundancy when they see it. The other thing I thought about was um, have a think about what amounts to a variation and what amounts to a unilateral change that you're imposing on somebody that then could be the end of an employment. And then really when you're drafting any letter be so clear about your termination date and your notice period and when this thing will end and then you get a clear reference for the employment tribunal you get hold of and I think the other take home is you know you really need to be extremely cautious don't you about any unilateral change um and you're almost if that if that is where you get to that where you're thinking this is the only way we can implement a restructure um you can still do the what they're calling fire and rehire, aren't yeah. they? You can still do that. So you can still, having gone through a full consultation process, um, terminate and offer to re-engage on the new contract because there's a mitigation argument there for yeah. the employer to run. Completely. So that means you either have employees say, uh, yes, I'll accept that new contract, or no, I won't. And if they don't, then they leave because the old contract has ended on the drop dead date of the fire and rehire. Yeah. Yeah. Much cleaner. Thank good. you. That was a good case. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about employment law, contact Susanna Reinhardt at susanna.reinhardt at joneschase.com or Shona Newmark, shona.newmark at joneschase.com. Alternatively, call the Jones Chase team on 0203 837 or visit our website at joneschase.com. Thank you.